Class of 09, a new limited series on Hulu, released its first couple episodes on May 10th. The show follows a class of FBI agents over three different timelines and features Kate Mara, Brian Tyree Henry, Sepeda Moafi, and Brian J. Smith. On this podcast, we like to review the most recent installments of a different series every show. Welcome to today's episode. To jump into this one, I thought that we'd play a game. The way it works is this. There's a bunch of FBI shows out there, and I've chosen four. And I've gotten the titles to four different episodes from each one, but one of them is fake. So, well, you'll learn it as you go along. The first show that I chose was Quantico. You know, the one with Priyanka Chopra Jonas? Yeah. Yes. And so there's four titles. Here are four titles from season one, and one of them isn't true. They were all one-word titles, by the way. Okay. Soon, Right, Go, and Blue. Huh. Which one doesn't fit? Soon, right, go, and blue. Mm -hmm. I would say, well, go, I would say blue. Blue is correct. Blue yeah. is not a title from a first season episode. Whatever logic you used on that one, stick with it. The Blacklist is the next one. All of these are titles from season 10, except for The Troll Farmer, The Postman, The Man in the Hat, or The Train Conductor. This seems like it's going to be harder. I think the man in the hat was one. Um, and then what did you say the first two words? The farm? The troll farmer, the postman, the man in the hat, and the train conductor. The troll farmer? The troll farmer had a part one and a part two. So no, that was that. You're one, for, you're one for two right now. The actual answer was the train conductor. The next show is Blindspot. All of these are titles from season five, except for Suvide, Crime Does Pay, Naughty Monkey Kicks at Tree, The Big Blast from the Past Episode. Uh, the big blast from the past episode? It's 100% a true episode. <laughs> the real one was Crime Does Pay. That's That's got to be an episode somewhere. I feel like it, yeah. Like Criminal Minds. Thing. Last one. This one's going to be the toughest one. Mm -hmm. Also the funniest one. All titles from actual episodes except for Rule 34, okay. Oedipus Rex, but W-R-E-C-K-S, yeah. Alpha Male, The Red Light District. The Red Light District. You're, yeah, you're right. How'd yeah. you know that one? Because you thought Rule 34 was a real episode? Well, like it you is. Said, but... You said the funniest one, and I was thinking about which one was not funny, and the Red Light District was the only one I could come up with. It was within the realm of... Okay, all right. Well, the name of these two episodes that we're talking about today is Part of Something and The Fitness yeah. Test. The Fitness Test reminds me a lot of that meme that you used to send me when you were a kid. <laughs> Wait, what, the really what annoying mean? one, the fitness brand thing. Oh, the thing. pacer test? Yes, because that the became like... The pacer test, yeah. yeah. So the meme is just that you keep on sending it to someone, right? No matter what they <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> All right, so jump us into this episode. It's a non-linear format. There's time jumps and interweaving storylines. It's like the 10th show that we've done this month like that. Silo, Fatal Attraction, Stay Next, Tiny Beautiful Things. They all had different timelines that they were yeah, following. Yeah, I actually kind of wanted to start off with one of my cons for this show, which is, at least for the first episode, it's so hard to follow because by the 20-minute mark, you're already introduced to four different storylines. Four? Yeah, because you have the 2034 storyline, that's the future. That's the future. Then, you have, then you're cut to the 2009 storyline, which I found the most 
most interesting. Then you had 2023, present day. Yes. And then even uh, for a very, very short segment in the 2009 uh, segment, they have a flashback to an unspecified time where you just see our main character, Ashley Poet, working in a mental ward. Like she's even younger. So yeah. it's like 2008, 2007. I think the way they delegated it was like pre-2009 storyline, 2023 storyline, and 2034 storyline. Yeah, but like, like you said, they're all kind of interconnected, but it's so hard to follow. And I actually got visible. Like I was really annoyed by the 20 minute mark when they introduced the 2023 storyline because that was the fourth storyline they introduced. And I was like, how no, do they can, introduce it? Can you stick to a regular thing? Uh, do you mean like what exactly what was happens? the title card? Like they just they show you. It's almost reminded me a little bit of dope sick because it has text in white and it's also showing you the year where it says twenty twenty three present day. I asked because in Saint X, remember they didn't ever tell you. It was all just because of like the color filter, or you could tell because they were on an island one second and then they were in New York. But like, so they at least give you some way of keeping track, right? Yeah, I mean, at the cool. beginning of the episodes. Yeah, but it so, was just... so if the present storyline was your least favorite, did you say your favorite? Yeah, I mean, my favorite storyline, right? it was 2009. Mm -hmm. And for a show called Class of 2009, I don't know why they just didn't stick with that. When I first read it was 2009 and 2034, I thought the best way they could do that is if they leaned into the differences of tech in 2009 versus like uh -huh. where it could go in 2000 like go crazy for 2034 no, but funny. also in the past like this would not have been made on apple you know why no siri no ipads no apple watch no airpods they were still trying to make the shuffle a thing also instagram didn't exist pinterest snapchat vaping mainstream online dating in 2009 most phones still had physical keyboards there were there weren't smart doorbells or airbnb like all of that stuff came about in the last decade or so and like i would really have like i don't know how i would have put it but like that's what i would have concentrated on well the thing that i find funny is that yeah the 2034 storyline is almost about how technological advanced we've already become by that point because Teo even says during a judiciary hearing how like he's implemented AI into the FBI yeah and we see people they apparently have like little they can they can now uh they have like technology in their eyeballs it's like the theory of they, everything that black mirror episode or whatever that's called uh you know the one with uh, the contact lenses yeah no right? yeah that's what I read about also extrapolations the apple show took place in 2037 the world looks super bleak there were dying crops and climate change but they did have gene therapy therapy kits and pet translators and easy 3d printed food did they go in any of those directions no. or was it all just the contact stuff not really it was it was the contact stuff it was the fact that like the fbi is using a lot of technologically advanced stuff as of now trying to find a through line for 2009 2023 and 2034 with this show i find really hard to do because i really couldn't see how they all connected there's not the a end. connection in a case it's all just the characters and where they are at in their career yeah because right? well 2000 yes almost entirely because the two 2009 storyline is about uh we get introduced to all the characters ashley poet our that's her roommate Teo, that's brian Ty tyree hill uh lennox who i think ashley poet dates for a certain amount of time and then simmons also in episode two these are all people that are being ready to be trained for the fbi was there anybody that you didn't recognize because obviously you've got kate mara from a teacher you have well, cards as well but yeah, yeah but i'm doing the ones that we did for the podcast mm -hmm. to start with at least sepada moafi from blackbird she was the fbi special agent in that which oh, I, I found interesting that, yeah. uh brian smith who you would have seen most recently in essex county um he played the uncle i think ken he was also in sensei and in quantico um brian tyree hill obviously atlanta brooke smith um from them she played drew 
Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, you're saying that Lennox was the guy from Essex County? Yes. I would not have been able to put that together. He looks different? I, he looks different enough, I would How say. How about yeah. this guy named Gabriel? Did you recognize him? Gabriel, he's, I think, the person that runs the FBI. He was in Ratchet. In 2009, he ran the FBI, yeah, mm-hmm. I think. But he was in Ratchet. You would have seen him as a doctor in that. But you also would have seen him, and get, tell me if I'm wrong here, Sons of Anarchy, Asian Elvis. Asian Elvis? The first episode. The pilot episode. <laughs> you really? That. Yeah, he's in it for like five seconds, I think. Okay, And then right. he gets knocked out, if I remember correctly. So he's not a central character in Sons of Anarchy. No, he's in it for like a minute in the pilot episode, I think. And then lastly, <laughs> Murphy from, uh, or Jake McDormand. Did you recognize him? Mrs. Davis? All the other stuff? Greek? Okay, yeah, Mrs. Davis. Yeah, I was wondering because I was like, he's so familiar. And Jake McDormand, they even say in the intro. In yeah, fact, limitless the intro, everything. The yeah. intro was like, I felt like a cross between Counterpart and Inception. I really like the way that the intro So looked. the intro gets a plus. <laughs> the intro gets a plus. But the overall show, it's just, it's so confusing. I should mention, I went into this thinking that it was going to be, when I heard the title, like an after party, community, search party, American Pyre Union type TV show, especially when I heard the people that were going to be starring. So you in didn't it. realize it was more of a procedural, when, but like mixing timeline. Procedural. When I saw the trailer for it, I thought it was going to be more like Southland, We Own This City, The Shield, Chicago BPD type mm-hmm. of TV show. So you imagine my shock when, again, the first thing we see is the 2034 storyline. But I want to focus on the 2009 storyline first. I think that would be easier just to go chronologically. So as I stated, it's really just all a lot of challenges and seeing who is going to be able to make it to the next step of getting into the FBI. Yeah, so they're all at Quantico already, right? Yes. And then they do a little bit of like a backflash as to how they got there to begin with. And then they are all training are they all FBI agents or are some of them analysts as well? Or did they even get into that? I don't think they even got into that. Okay. Because and the first physical and also mental training? or I would say, yeah, physical and mental. Because the first episode, we see how high the stakes really are for people to get into the FBI. For example, as they're like reciting something, I think in their first meeting, there's a bird that flies into a window. And mm-hmm. this guy named Nathan, who is really trying to be part of the FBI, he asks if he can bury the bird. And then for some reason, the teacher is like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And they bring everyone out into this field where Nathan like buries this thing yeah. and then Gabriel starts going around asking everybody what he thinks of this decision and then it, and then at the very end of that scene Teo goes up Did to Poet. Did anybody say it was a waste of time? No, everyone <laughs> everyone was trying to be really nice but Teo goes up to Poet and it's like yeah I was saying a lot of nice things because it's obvious that Nathan is going to be kicked out of here like Just right away. Just because he's got too much too uh, much of a conscience like, or something. Yeah, it's like in Kingsman where they asked him to kill the dog. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I, I would say so but it was strange to me because I felt like the show was trying to make it kind of obvious as to why Nathan was kicked out. Maybe mm-hmm. because I I don't know, like he wasn't going to be able to deal with the psychological aspects of the what you have to do be too hard. in the FBI or something like that. Yeah, but he gets kicked out by the end of the first episode. We also learn a little bit more about Ashley. Her mom died because of a nervous breakdown. Her dad ended up leaving. And then I think that she even uh, goes on a date kind of with Lennox by the end of the first episode. Uh, the second episode is what I really wanted to touch on though because that's the fitness test that you were talking about yes. uh teo he's having a really hard time because for men i think it's they're going to do a five mile run and he has to complete that in yeah. 12 minutes and 24 i think seconds. i read that in the fbi you do have to complete miles in like 10 to 11 minutes well so. it's different for girls and uh girls and boys because huh. like for men it's yeah 12 minutes and 24 seconds and then for women they say i think 14 minutes okay and it's funny because everyone i found this strange i wasn't sure how tr- accurate this actually was everyone it seemed like was able to complete the the five miles except for Teo. Oh no. So he was like the only one that was 
kind of dragged behind. And he's also even having to deal with somewhat racism because there's this guy named Simmons who uh, who was able to almost break this record held by this African-American person for like a 30-yard uh, speed run or something like that. Yeah. And then he's like, well, at least I'm the first, I'm at least like the first, first white, white to person do to do it. Huh. Yeah, and this like leads to some tension between Teo and Simmons. Simmons tries to make up for it later on in the episode, and Teo doesn't really agree. But we also learn about uh, how like I think when Teo was 15, he was going to the movies and how these cops like beat on him. So I mean, like the second episode, I so felt a lot like, of like tropey stereotypical kind of stuff that they're throwing in there. Not that it's not worth talking about, but that it just felt a little familiar. Yeah, it felt a little familiar. I wasn't a huge part of that, but I did like seeing Teo try and complete this like challenge and he ends up doing so like it's actually him just like heaving it out for he the actually last 30 wasn't, yards. wasn't able to he cut down his thing like a minute to 13 minutes nice. but then apparently because he's been studying the book he talks to gabriel and is like i was doing some studying at quantico and i learned apparently if i can retake the test in seven weeks i'm able to do so i guess either because he got good enough time or that's just something that quantico allows hmm. and they say that yeah he's going to be able to so that was the 2023 or the sorry, 20, 2009 storyline which you like the most yeah because it was the most balanced i actually understood what was happening in there because when and your favorite character was paperboy i was say Teo yeah, yeah. Or, or Poet in fact that's also a pro for the show none of the characters I felt like were actually annoying at all I never was like oh why are they focusing so much on this character and I would assume like there's no straight villain like it's everybody's got a complicate because they're all trying to do the right thing it's just how they're accomplishing it in the future like, no whether straight, or not they're sacrificing yeah. their morals or not no straight villain in the 2009 storyline what happens later on when we get to 2023 and we're really fo focusing on Teo's character um he meets mark who apparently is played by lucifer supernatural oh for real yeah <laughs> i mark pellegrino he also goes by mark in this show which is funny the same first That's, name there. he insisted on that <laughs> but i but yeah it was it was funny to see him he always just plays evil characters no matter what i've seen him in i think lost as well i don't think he played an evil person in 13 reasons why no, he played a dad of a character. Yeah, though, he was like right? a policeman. Yeah, yeah. Here, here he's like this outlaw uh, person of interest that uh, Teo and his police officer that he's working with, Nunez, have to investigate. Interesting. And uh, I wasn't really sure what the storyline was about, mostly, because it seemed like Mark is supposed to be this main storyline, like main villain throughout the rest of the season. Okay. For some reason, down in his basement, he has pictures of Teo, and he also also has pictures of his wife. He apparently already knew who Teo was. Okay. The thing that made this episode good, though, the, my favorite part, probably out of all two episodes, is a shootout that happened that took place. Because right as um, Nunez and Teo are leaving, that's when Mark's wife kind of runs out after them and is trying to give them information. Mark's wife gets shot in the chest right away. Nunez gets severely injured. And then it's just a full-on, like, uh, shootout between Teo and Mark's men. Mm -hmm. And I, and it was really nicely done. It reminded me of the, like, kind of the action, action scenes. action was well done? Yeah, the action scenes in The Night Agent. Yeah. And also there's this really cool and really well, like, colorful scene where he goes back inside the house because he's heard, apparently, about this basement and what it has in it, and he wants to get a look at it. It, and the house is now on fire it seems like everyone has evacuated but like the fire looked really cool on the ceilings and things like that i don't know if they used real fire or not yeah it was well, CGI. <laughs> it, it was a nice contrast from
on the snowy kind of outside that you were seeing anyways. Gotcha. And Teo is kind of seeing the information. He goes into the basement. He sees what everyone else is seeing, and then he leaves. How does that factor into later? Or also, do we get to see all the other um, Quantico agents later on in the 2023 Yeah, storyline? I mean, in the first episode, you see, like, a quick scene. Apparently, Poet, she has taken out, not taken out, but, like, uh, arrested this humongous corrupt cop. And cool. that was all planned by Lennox, who apparently wants her to get information on Hour. If you remember, Hour was her roommate back in 2009. Mm -hmm. It seems like that storyline has some type of potential going on because uh, a poet is really against the idea. She's like, no, Hour is completely fine. But Lennox is like so, so certain that, that there's some type of information. Yeah, there's some type of information there. In fact, he even says it could fundamentally uh, change. Fundamentally. The, it could fundamentally change the way the FBI operates. Got so it. that so that again wait has, so that's that's the ai then yeah that's the information right because you know what now, yeah. yeah 2034 it would just be the ai which is changing the fbi well yeah because yeah that's 2023 so then we go to 2034 and mm -hmm. yeah you're absolutely i didn't even recognize that until you just until Got you it. just said that yeah the coolest thing about the 2034 thing is the brain computer interfaces like the bcis i've always heard about that but like not only are they getting the contacts but the contacts are able to like what uh tell them certain things like you have to have some sort of digital to neural uh, component there which is getting giving them that information i don't know it just it's crazy well the only time that we really see the eyes work and you can kind of hear the little digits that they do whenever they're uh whenever they're being is used like in, the 2034. in 24 <laughs> yeah well apparently a mass that's a person that again at the very beginning of the episode um teo kind of made ashley investigate their house with mm -hmm. he uh in teo's main reason was he's just a bad guy he's just someone who's dangerous a mass was like you're a puppet for this agency you don't really know exactly what's going on and then by the end of the first episode he gets shot but he like gives a key card or some type of computer device to ashley sounds that, like a lot going that's on, what yeah. i mean when i'm saying that this show it's seems hard to so handle convoluted hard to because yeah. it's like you have okay i can understand the fbi storyline 2009 people are training again to the fbi most simplest most easy to understand i enjoy it 2023 storyline that's when you're starting to complicate a little bit with teo doing his thing with mark well and, you're seeing them all what 13 years later 14 years yeah. later working in the job and and where they've all ended up Do and you actually, find out where murphy is or or any of the like because drew and gabriel must have retired at some point yeah i think that you only see drew and gabriel in the 2009 storyline yeah but then in the 2034 storyline that's when you have oh apparently the fbi and everything that they're standing for is not is not good and let's take a second there and, there and and take a break for a second and let me ask you this yeah. where do you think the future is heading so between smart contacts or smart smart glasses which would you prefer smart contacts or smart glasses probably smart glasses same here i don't see why people are so fascinated with the idea of sticking something in your eyeball that would be like that much in like i think that it would be easier and more feasible for us by 2034 to have smart glasses uh how about uh personal ai robot companions or uh smart glasses would you rather uh, just have a little, like, guy behind you following you around, telling you answers and stuff? Again, I'd probably go with smart glasses. I've seen too many, like, movies where they have they futuristic <laughs> technology, and yeah, that's exactly what happens. How about, like that's coming how about out every week? Yeah. self-driving cars, which we sort of already have, but, like, have that, yeah. perfected self-driving cars versus flying cars? Probably self-driving cars if they were 100% like done mm -hmm. and when like there was no crashes. Or and anything the last like question, that. which I know applies back to the show, is human-driven cars or autonomous vehicles? So still self-driving cars, but where you aren't even allowed to drive the car anymore if you're human. Like the hmm. the law has changed. I would probably go with 
I mean, if it's autonomous, then and you're saying there's going to be everybody, no crashes. Everybody on Earth would be just on public roads, at least, uh, controlled by a self-driving vehicle. I mean, I feel like that's where we're heading anyways. You just, so you think that people are going to willingly give up their license to drive? I mean, I, I think that's going to take a while before we get there, but yes. I think you'll need a generation to die off. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to be Generation X or Millennial, but like, there has to be a point. Where, oh, I think like, it's going to be decades later. It might even take something close to a century for that uh, to even happen. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be that long, but I do think that it'll be easy for me because I don't I don't (laughs) like it when I see crazy drivers on the road. (laughs) Uh, So back to the show 2034. This has been compared to Minority Report a lot because by now it's sort of a police state. It seems AI has taken over the FBI and it was one of their uh, you were saying uh, poet or hours or someone's technology that has really been implemented. No, no, no. Teo is the one who's leading the charge. Like, he's the one in charge of Quantico at this point. Yeah. But uh, he's not the one who developed the technology. That was one of the cast. He's the, but like I said, he's the one that kind of implemented it into this uh, system. And he is now a villain or not? I would say, I like, they're setting him up to be. Why or how? There's obviously something that Amas knew, and it's, it's, whatever he gave uh, Ashley is going to be a big part of this series. That key card, whatever is on it, is probably going to be some type of incriminating information. So I assume that there's something that Teo did where he's going to, where that key card has a direct connection to him. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he's kind of being set up. I mean, he's in a judiciary committee meeting in the first episode. Kind of, uh, they're trying to see if he should re-up being the uh, leader of the Sounds FBI. more political than I'd want it to be. I'd want yeah. the futuristic storyline to be, like, intense and a lot of, like, action and stuff happening. Well, that was more... Like peripheral or the something. The funny thing is, that was more the 2023 storyline than the future storyline or the 2009 storyline. It'd be expensive to do all the CGI. And I, I mean, that. like, the show, it's competently made. The acting is good. And there's even some good dialogue exchange between the characters. But it's just all overshadowed by these confusing and interchanging stories storyline so overall what would you give it i would give it a five out of ten it doesn't pass i feel like this needed a couple different rewrites if it was going to make sense because this is honestly a show i feel like you have to make notes to even understand where all the storylines are and what's going on that complicated and as stated before it just throws you into this thing without even giving you any type of like restraint at all it's just like you have to understand now we're in 2023 now suddenly poet is uh arresting a corrupt corrupt cop and she's now having to also interrogate our and then the 2009 storyline with all the like fitness that they have to do it's just it's all craziness Hmm, okay well it was created by tom rob smith who has done a lot of foreign government intelligence and security services stories because he started off with his first book child 44 which came out i think over 10 years ago uh, about a russian ministry for state security like back in the 1940s or something like the secret service for russia he wrote about that and then that was made into a movie tom hardy and gary oldman starred in it um Um, And then he made a book that was about the London Spy Secret Intelligence Service, MI6. Um, And then later on, he did the American crime story of Gianni Versace. I think that was his first television uh, controlling uh, stake. So he's done like a bunch of different uh, internet. See, he just seems interested. He's British originally. And then he was inspired by the FBI um, podcast uh, that a retired um, caseworker had worked on, Jerry Williams, where she interviews other retired FBI agents and they go through their stories, which I do think is interesting. But then he was like, what can we do with this? And then it was (laughs) just decided to go crazy with it. 
episode <laughs> order that came in that was originally greenlit in June of 2021. And at that time, AI wasn't as big as it is right now. And so at least they were like Prussian or I this, don't know. This would have been incredibly hard to do because I know that TV, like TV is kind of different. But had they done maybe like a 2009 storyline for like a season, then the 2023 storyline. Oh, yeah, that would have been hard to do. Or a different one. I mean, like Waco has been doing it with kind of sequel series. Well, it's a limited series. Like so they only got eight episodes to explain the entire thing. And I think that the way that they did American Crime Story Gianni Versace was that they did a bunch of different uh, timelines as well. And they thought, well, this worked. And so that's it what just, kind of... But it was just so jam-packed with information. That's my biggest problem with the TV show. Sure. And then also there was a show that came out a month ago that didn't help uh, called uh, Class of 07. So a lot of people yes. got that confused. So I was, yeah, I was very confused by that because I did, I did show. come across like a comedy Class of 07 before I uh, saw this. And I was like, did they just get the title wrong? Like, am I about <laughs> to go into the after party type of TV show I thought about? And then no. It's like The Diplomat. <laughs> like The Diplomat had two different diplomats within a month of each other. Um so as far as the reviews, those are concerned. 6.3 on IMDb, 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Variety said it was weighed down by big ideas. Um, Boston Globe said a bit underdeveloped and shallow. Rolling Stone said feels more like a network show uh, than a FX or Hulu. Hmm. Um, Guardian gave it three stars. Uh, AV Club, I think, gave it the worst review, saying jarringly little going on with most of its characters. But Collider loved it. They really <laughs> liked the two performances of Teo and Poet or Brian Tyree Henry and um, Kate Mara. Uh, and then who you would say Teo was your favorite character, right? Yeah, Teo, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, all right. And uh, yeah, Roger Ebert called it intriguing. Overall, Jarring, though. I do agree with. But I also agree where it's like, again, the acting is fine, but I don't feel like the acting is the reason you watch a TV show unless it's like a, going to be some Emmy-nominated type thing. You really watch it for the story, and it was just so complicated here. Do you think they're going to have a smart toilet by 2034? Like the <laughs> one in, the what was it, uh, Better Call Saul? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.